Hello, and welcome to the Friendship News Hour, presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is December the 28th, golly, 2021. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. God, bro, there's four days left in the year. Uh, no, man, this was a quick one. How was your Christmas? It's good, man. Uh, we didn't do much traveling with the little one this year, so we just kind of hung out at the crib. You have a baby? I know. I never mentioned it, <laughs> but we uh, we just hung out, man. It was kind of nice. Normally, you're running around to multiple family parties and whatever, but um, this year it was just us us three and my sister, and we just made a bunch of good food and, and watched some uh, some movies and and chillaxed. How about you? That's awesome, man. Oh, dude, it was so great. I was kind of dreading it because it was like the first time in two years that like all of the family has gotten together. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how it was going to go. And it never goes bad, but I don't know why I was dreading it this year. Maybe just because of everything. But uh, Christmas Eve, always at my dad's. We literally just the whole time just ki- just kicked it. Yeah. It was awesome. My niece was there. My six-week-old nephew was there. Um, and uh, that little guy slept the entire time. So it was just like every family member was passing around a sleeping baby. Nice. And this baby was just sleeping on everyone's chest. It was just, it was great, man. Um, and then Christmas day was really cool too. It was really cool. Um, any, any fun, uh, like family arguments, political arguments at the party? No, see, like, that's what I was, that's what I was dreading. I was just like waiting for something to come up. Literally yeah. nothing, Really, nothing. Yeah. My, one of my cousins is a social worker for the city of, or the County of Los Angeles. Um, and it, it didn't get political like at all, but I, I, we did have a conversation about, um, kind of what the pandemic has done to social work in, in LA and, uh, my poor cousin, man, I, I feel for her. So, you know, this kind of ties into something I wanted to talk about today, but she, you know, she works from home now. And so because she is available 24 seven, she's working like 15 hour days because they're just loading her with cases, uh, case after case, after case, yeah. meeting after meeting, after meeting. And so, um, what she told me, I thought it was pretty interesting. She was like, look, there did need to be a ton of reform, right? There's way, way too many kids, uh, black and brown kids in the system uh, that were going to juvenile hall. Right. And it was, in, it was disproportionate. Didn't, didn't, you know, it didn't make sense. Instead of creating a different avenue where you could manage these cases, they just j- like dropped all of these juvenile, uh, hall cases, all these juvenile criminal cases onto social workers. And so the way she described it to me was that they were building a plane while they were flying it. Like she was just like, it's just like a complete train wreck right now. Figure it out. Yeah. So that was, that was probably like the, the most intense conversation I had over the, over the holidays. So it was good. Yeah. What was the best gift you got? I was trying to think about that, man. Um, my, my sister made me a, she took a record and like a bunch of pictures of, uh, my son, Walter. I don't know if I've talked about him before, but she took a bunch of pictures of him and like imposed them all uh onto the record so it's like a nice yeah. little wall art piece that will be going into the studio somewhere that was really awesome um i got this really cool pair of blue sweatpants from sarah I've, I'm, I'm big into the tapered sweatpants game um, tapered tapered sweatpants it's some call them joggers but they're wrong it's tapered sweatpants <laughs> and i've the last couple years of my life i've really found that that is my fashion to a t that with a t-shirt or a hoodie is pretty much what you always see me in. So she got me a nice pair of Adidas ones. Um, nice. And I don't know, it was it was a light year for gifts, Mag, just because we had all this shit going on. And I, I had my birthday a month ago. So it's sometimes Christmas is a light for me because people ball out for me on my birthday. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, dude, the best gift I could have had was just chilling at home with everybody and just keeping it low key. Mm-hmm. 
it seems, it sounds like breaking news. It's going crazy in Ohio right now. Pretty much everyone that was at both of my family's family gatherings this year got COVID. Sounds mm. like, or they're starting to develop symptoms. So we'll see. I, I don't really know, but it, it sounds like it's a hot spot. My brother down in Florida also has it right now. So it sounds no one's like you know going to the hospital or deadly sick or anything like that. But your brother's in Florida. Yeah, my brother James. Oh, oh, for sure. Formerly yeah, yeah, yeah. known okay. as Austin. He mm-hmm. he moved down there about five years ago, six years ago. So he's down there. But yeah, him and his wife both got it. And they, they have a, a son that's eight months, so seven months. But everyone's safe. It, it sounds, I mean, this, this we've been talking about, this Omicron isn't like very, you know, dangerous or where it's like taking you out. It's, you know, I, the hospital numbers seem like they're up. But everyone I've talked to that has this thing said it's like a light cold, a light, you know, a very light flu. So no one sounds like they're in danger. But with us, with a newborn, you know, we always worry. And then like my grandma, she's 94 and... You know, they're they're concerned, but she's getting tested, so everything should be all right. Yeah, right on. My lady has it, actually. Uh, tested really? positive yesterday. Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, I didn't want to talk about COVID today. Yeah. I was going to make a very <laughs> conscious effort to not bring it up at all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're five minutes in. Um, That's it. This is the end of it. Well, wow, since you brought it up. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, hope they're all fine. Today, we're going to do like a a year in review, but there was something that that caught my eye that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, And it kind of ties into what my cousin was telling me about, about kind of working from home. And it was the, uh, it it was an article in the Wall Street Journal talking about the silver lining of the pandemic for women. And I think we kind of already like inherently like like knew this, but just reading this article and kind of making it a little bit more comprehensive uh, made me feel kind of good. A- and it was saying that, you know, we, we, we're on our way to solving this issue of two working parents and trying to control as much of your kids' interactions as possible, meaning you can work and also be with your child. Uh, and and I, I think the pandemic was like proving ground that you can have a working mother at home getting her job done and also uh, parenting their children. And, and I say women because, I mean, like it's not a it's not a secret that like women are by far and large like the, the, the biggest caretakers of their children by nature. That's just who they are. So I was curious, is your is your wife working from home? Right now she's not working. She's on maternity leave until March, but uh, she has been they they've been remote for over a year or mm-hmm. a year and a half. But then they like started going back twice a week to like okay get some of that team atmosphere back um her and the whole team kind of keep reiterating like i mean for her it's it's an hour plus each way yeah um so it's they find that they're more productive at home because you know they don't right. have to commute and do all this other shit they can wake up clock in right at 8 30 get going you know work till five or whatever like she's way more productive from home but i think a lot of employers who have already sunk money into or future money into like these leases and, and whatnot in business spaces, even though they may see that, I think they're trying to get the most out of their money since they have these downtown Chicago you know, right, offices. Right. So sure. it's like, come on in. And there is something to be said about like being face to face with people and working together, but that's <sighs> indisputable. Yeah. What you just said right there, Th- that is 100% correct. But I think, you know, even like two days a week, that means mm-hmm. that five days a week, you know, given that you're not like working two jobs or don't have things going on on the weekend outside of your family. I think it's five days a week. You're, you, you, you can be at home caring for your children and two days a week you have to find, uh, you know, some alternate, uh, uh, care. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the point of the article and, and something that I, like I 
that resonates so much with me is that you can strike this balance between work and life, but particularly with parents, right? Like you can raise your kid and have a career. And I, and I think whereas previously, whatever our culture, uh, work culture was that, you know, we were in the office five days a week and that that's what it was. You just went to work because that's what everybody always did. Just went to work and needed to go to work. And now that you don't need to be at work and it's been proven that you don't need to be at work. Um, and I hope this is something that stays. I hope this is something that parents and families demand, start demanding. Like, look, we went through it. Like, I don't care what your, you know, what your bottom line says about the rent in your downtown apartment. I want to raise my kid. And if we know that we can do this and we know that I can work at home, then, you know, this is something that I'm going to demand. Uh, and, and I think, especially right now, especially right now, your leverage as a worker has never been higher. And so I, I really hope that this is a trend that continues and that people, you know, dig their heels in the ground and, and take it to their employer and say, look, if you're, you know, if, if it's not going to be every day, fine, but we need to find some sort of happy medium. I've heard of employers. Uh, I read about this. I think it's called the, the week or this week is the publication, but they were saying that a majority of people in the U S prefer working from home and are even willing to take a pay cut to do so. Mm. in order to stay home because a lot of, and this isn't the case with, with Sarah's job or, or mine, but a lot of employers are requesting that you prove like proof of daycare if you're going to work from home so that they know like you're actually working on their shit and not trying to oh, meaning your like you're kid. not, you're not like raising your kid and working, but your, your kid is actually somewhere else. Exactly. So like Whoa. you work from home, but like we need to know that you're like working and not like fucking, I'm not that you're fucking off with your kid, but like, kind of fucking off when you're not working. So I'm, I'd be interested because it's like, man, if, if I knew I could work from home five days a week for the work week, maybe I would take five to 10 grand less. I think that's what the article said. It was like, they, they're okay with like maybe five to 10 K less knowing they could stay home, not have to worry about commuting and that, that money and the, you know, effort on your car and all this other shit, like kind of could be worth saving the money. And it's in a way for the companies to still not lose their ass or, you know, feel like they're paying a bunch of money to people who aren't actually there in their offices. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of fair, I guess, you know, you're, you're going to pay that much in childcare anyway, if you don't have you know a family member or somebody else who can watch your kid and, not, and you don't have to pay them. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's probably what you'll end up paying anyway. But, but I think that's interesting that they make you prove that your kid's going to be going to, to, to daycare or something like that, because, First of all, that's so disingenuous. I mean, there's countless reports out there of, of uh, wasted time at work and, you know, dumb conversations that, that you're going to be having with your coworkers that have nothing to do with the task at hand. While you have more personal distractions at home, that doesn't mean you have any less distractions at home than you do at work. Um, I remember when I worked at Airgas, we would take like two hour lunches, <laughs> go to lunch and at like 1130 and come back at like 130, you know, oh, and, wow. and then, you know, it's just like, all right. Well, you know, nobody's watching you. Nobody's hawking over your, your performance like that. I mean, and I get it like we were in sales, so it doesn't really matter how our time spent. So long as our numbers are, are met, nobody really cares. So in, in that respect, we're fortunate, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. If you, and if you think about it from like the perspective of, of wanting to fuck off cause you're at home, it, it's like more of an encouragement to get your shit done so you can fuck off instead of like, well, I got to be at the office for the next eight hours and this is all I have to do today. So I, you know, this is what I'll do. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and you know, e e even the concept of working hours are changing 
where it, you know you're there's some stuff that is time sensitive and there's just some stuff that just needs to get done this week right so you know and there's going to be a learning curve with it managing your time um with work and 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 home life and kids and all that but at the end of the day if you can prove that your productivity is is the same uh, I, I think, uh, God, man, I think at the very least, this is what we should be doing. I, you know, it, it's if you if you kind of remove yourself and, and, and go like 10,000 feet, like absolutely, we, we should we should be bending over backwards to make this happen uh, for, for our employees. Be, for the simple fact that like culturally, the, the family is kind of taken a back seat over the past few decades. I, I, I mean, you could argue with me about that, but, but I don't, I don't believe that's, that's, uh, overstepping at all to say that the family has not been prioritized culturally. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's a new era, man. You got to prioritize more than just making your shareholders money. And, and I, and I think that the companies who are able to do that the best are going to succeed long-term and the companies who aren't are going to see that they're losing quality talent might be slowly but surely but they but they will and 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 for them to retain uh quality talent they're going to need to offer something that uh that they currently aren't offering and yeah. so you know i i hope i hope it's a trend that 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 certainly continues before we get to uh this year in review man i, I saw this article uh came out basically it details and this is from a report originally back in 06 that the fbi did just on law enforcement across our country mm -hmm. but it was very redacted when it came out a lot of info is missing. They, for di various reasons, they didn't include a bunch of shit. It has since, due to something coming up here in the next week or so, been fully unredacted. <laughs> so, like, the full article is out. And basically what it details is that all over our country for, like, the last 20-plus years, there's been a conscious effort by the KKK and other, like, white nationalist groups to infiltrate our law enforcement all across the country Whoa. and, like, make a difference towards their cause by wrongly policing people of color and hmm. like kind of using workarounds and by being inside the system to still inflect, you know, racial hate and or whatever their, their, their goal is really, really interesting stuff, dude. It, and we'll post these up on Twitter because these articles are thick. They're heavy. It's a lot to get through, but we're seeing this in LA, Illinois, Ohio, Texas, from the report, they, they went into several examples from all these places. What's interesting with this report is that in 06, it came out, but there wasn't really plans to attack this. It was just like, well, this is what we found and what all the people are saying to like coming up because uh, it sounds like this Tuesday, Republican Jamie Raskin, who's the chair of the House Committee on Oversight and Reforms, Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Subcommittee. It's a hell of a title. Chair of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Subcommittee. Jesus Christ. Uh, but there is a, a hearing coming up uh, about white supremacist infiltration of local police departments this Tuesday. So that's why this this mm, okay. this 06 report's coming back up. They got it fully unredacted, and now there's a lot of shit out there just, just kind of like detailing how the KKK and other Aryan groups are actually have been doing this and have continued to do this since 06. Yeah, man, uh, that's interesting. I think it's like societally, you gotta you gotta strike a balance, right? Where you, you, you have to understand that uh, policing is definitely important. I think you're seeing that kind of all around the country right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you saw like, a, uh, I think it was last week, uh, and it might've even been on the same day, two Democratic senators carjacked at gunpoint, two different locations in this country. Jeez. And then one of the places that Colin Kaepernick 
uh, I was reading this this article on Wall Street Journal. Uh, one of the places that Colin Kaepernick was uh, uh, advocating for defunding the police are now asking for more police. Um, and it's no secret that crime is like super on the rise in America right now. And, and, it, and it may may not have something directly to do with the fact that we were all yelling defund the police last year. Mm -hmm. However, institutionally, the police are as bad as it gets in terms of protecting their own, right? Like not holding their own accountable for the very things that they are policing, right? Like the police protect their own probably okay, more I, than any... I misunderstood any, what you said. I thought you were mean they're, they're not the best at protecting their own. In my head, I'm like... No, 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 I mean, no, no. They're no. pretty they're much the, the very gold best. standard, yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, exactly. The gold standard, 100% correct. So so it doesn't surprise me to hear that, although it's a little bit shocking, but, but it doesn't surprise me to hear that something like this could happen. Because even if you were a police officer who wasn't sentimental to the KKK or white supremacy or what have you, but certainly you, you're sentimental to, to the brotherhood, to the fraternity, to, to the badge. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's, and that's what the article goes into. It's, it shows obviously not all cops are white supremacists, but it details like the KKK's methodology for planning themselves into it and then getting other officers around the country to like sympathize with their causes by using the brotherhood of policehood right and and you know kind of furthering their these agendas and dude it's it's crazy there's so many examples in this article i, I don't want to just keep going through them but it basically the article is pointing out like now social media is also like helping get more of this shit out there and and calling out these officers um just a couple like in september 2015 north carolina police officer was fired after a picture of him giving the salute surfaced on facebook mm. as recently as this august philadelphia police department launched an internal investigation after attendees of a black lives matter rally outside the dnc uh spotted an officer who was in charge of crowd control with a fucking SWAT sticker on his arm. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. So, so more and more of this is coming out. But I just, dude, it's crazy that they've like strategized 20 some years. And I mean, obviously this is like the best from their, like from their, from the KKK and white supremacy like standpoint, like this is like the smartest thing I could think that they could do, man, to like keep being the pieces of shit that they are. Um, oh yeah. Infiltrate power, man. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you can't have an outwardly uh, racist uh, politician, right? You can't have yeah. a politician who has a swastika on the arm, but who's going to, you know, it, it would be a whole lot easier if you wanted to get into the into the, the police force of Montgomery, Alabama mm -hmm. and have a swastika, you know what I'm saying? Or like Louisville, Kentucky or, you know, this, somewhere where, where that would be met with a hell of a lot less resistance um, than, than being a politician. It, it's... It's like uh, it's like the same thing as uh, like where the majority of George Soros's money goes, right? He doesn't fund senators and congressmen; he funds attorney generals, right? Really? Oh yeah! Wow! Look at your attorney general. Next time, next time you're, you're there's an election in your state or your your city, your county, whatever. Look at the attorney general and then find out where that money's coming from. The attorney general in L.A., the attorney general in San Francisco, all these places that are going to to hell in a handbasket here in California. They're all Soros funded attorney generals because they are the ones that determine who gets prosecuted and who doesn't. But it's the same thing, right? Like it's now gone so much deeper than um, the the quote unquote leadership of this country. It's now like, oh, where is where is change affected the most at the at the most local level where you can where you can really truly make 
a difference. It's not at the federal level. It's not in the Senate. Nothing happens in Washington, D.C. It happens on a local level. So yeah, it makes a ton of sense that these guys would target the police for sure. The armed security of the nation. Yeah. Right, dude. Yeah. yeah. And makes a ton what, of sense. What kind of blew my mind as I read through this is, is neither the FBI nor state and local law enforcement agencies have established any kind of systems for vetting personnel for potential supremacist links. That task is left primarily to everyday citizens and nonprofit organizations, is huh. what they say. And, and then they go on to say that our First Amendment, the freedom of association and expression, means it's perfectly legal for anyone to join a hate group as long as it's for the purpose of legal activity and still be a member of law enforcement. They can even serve in other positions of public office. But according to the FBI memo, the government can limit employment opportunities of members when their memberships would interfere with their duties. But like the fact that you could openly be in the KKK as long as you're not committing crimes and still like by the book, be a police officer is insane to me, man. How is that allowed? <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, pretty wild. I'm curious to see what comes out next week. But I saw that. I'm like, man, I got to bring that up because it's it seems very relevant and something that like I feel like I haven't heard talked about in a lot of spheres. But we'll post the links. Look into it because it's it's a very interesting read. There's a lot of details in these. All right. Well, it is time for the 2021 year in review. We are going to go through each month and uh, pick out the biggest stories from each month. And I think we'll surprise ourselves to learn that all of these things happened in this calendar year. Starting in January, obviously, January 6th, the Capitol riot. There's a lot of stuff going on with that still. Um, they're still investigating it. They're still, there's still, uh, you know, whatever, however you might feel about this, there's still people who are held in jail in DC associated with this riot who are being treated terribly. And I'm not asking anybody to be sympathetic to these people or what they did. Um, but if you looked at it and you saw how these people were being treated in this jail, you'd be like, whoa, like, I don't even know, you know. If, if you're going to be against treatment of, of anybody this way in jail, it, you know, it, it should go across the board. So there's some really, really weird stuff going on with, with this Capitol riot. And it's, I'm, I, like it, it frustrates me that this is probably going to be like something that we talk about forever. And there's going to be this one year anniversary coming up of this. And it's just going to be all over the fucking place nah. just because it's so ugly, dude. It was so ugly when it happened. There's like a big question I don't know if you saw the, the text messages that were going to uh, Mark Meadows, who was the then Trump chief of staff. Uh, during that came this out riot. recently, right? Like that yeah, just, it came out recently yeah. that that Trump Jr. Um, and who else was it? Oh, uh, uh, Sean Hannity and a couple other pundits were texting him and they're like, yo, get him in front of a camera now and have him denounce this. And it took him something like 180 minutes to say anything. And then... You know, and I, I, I have a big, 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 big problem with, with Trump in this respect because he was absolutely the one who was out there telling people to do something about this. He was the one that was saying this shit was stolen. He was the one that was going out there and causing all this ruckus. And then when people actually did something about it, he just left them to rot. Yeah. He didn't defend any of them. He didn't didn't try to defend any of them. He didn't try to take responsibility of it. Not that we expected that he would, but I mean, it, it just, you know, I think it exposed him for the weakness that, 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 that he always had truly like the worst way to start a year was this riot. So that was January 6th. So 
just uh, two weeks later, less than two weeks later, uh, Trump is impeached over this riot. But what's weird about this impeachment, I don't know if it's weird. It, it, it's just, it's frustrating. It was designed by Nancy Pelosi and it was designed in a way so that he could never be convicted. So it was basically grandstanding again. I don't know if they felt like they had to do something, if they, you know, they had to act on it, but they filed these articles of impeachment. He was never going to get convicted for it because it was framed in a way that he was never going to get convicted for it. And of course he was acquitted. January, January, January. Okay. So January, late January. I thought this was a little bit before then, but um, January, right around the 27th, share prices for GameStop, AMC, and BlackBerry um, soared, started soaring, right? So like Reddit threads uh, started pushing these these stocks that were like left for dead. Mm. Wow. That seems like it was last year, man. That's I know, crazy. I know. Wow. Um, so all of these... Uh, all of these stocks started to soar. And if you know anything about day trading, like trading options, what, what these companies will, or what, what these investors will do is they'll take these stocks, right? Like GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, right? Traditionally, or like over the you know past 10 years or so, steep declines. And it makes sense, right? Like you, you and especially during the pandemic, AMC, who's going to movies, uh, BlackBerry, who the hell's buying a BlackBerry? And GameStop is all but irrelevant. Everything is digital. So what they'll do is they'll short these stocks. And when they short a stock, what they're saying is that we're going to bet that this stock is going to go down. You might say, okay, well, that makes sense, right? Well, it's an incredibly risky investment because if it ends up going up, your losses are infinite by nature. If you say, let's say this stock is trading at 10 bucks and you say, okay, I'm going to buy an option to buy this stock at $8 in a month, right? So if it goes below 10 and then it trends below eight, you get the ability to sell that stock for $8 when it's selling for $7.50. Depending on how many you bought, you can make a lot of money off of that. But if you say, I'm going to buy this stock at $8 in a month and it's trading at 10 and then all of a sudden it's trading at 50, your losses are could be in the millions. It, yeah. It's infinite. It, it's as much as that stock can go up in th in the other direction. So, um, what these Reddit with these Reddit thread uh, uh, investors w started noticing is like, wait a second, we can fuck these guys, and we can make a lot of money in the process. Yeah, and it's right. like, and, and dude, oh my god, it was the most delicious organic movement in investing I've seen in my lifetime, and I oh, I loved it so much. I loved it so much. It took Wall Street to their knees. Uh, Robin Hood stopped trading um, for a little while because of all of this, all of this stuff. Uh, and it and it really, uh, at least for a brief moment, brought a ton of power to John Q. Citizen, and I loved it. It was yeah. one of my favorite stories of the year. And you actually, you just described describe shorting very well. But if you want to kind of learn more about it, um, there's a really good movie from like 2015, 2016 called The Big Short which was directed by Adam McKay, mm. which is about yep. like the housing crisis. And when like in, in 08, when everything kind of collapsed um, and it's, it's about like a couple people that basically bet on the shorting of the housing market and were laughed at and, you know, sure, we'll take your money. And, and the end became millionaires off, off the failing of, of the stock market. So it goes in, into more depth and it'll explain it more. Adam McKay, man, he, he's a great director. He's, I, I'm a fan. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I just saw a new movie of his uh, yesterday called "Don't Look Up." Mm, yeah, um, with Leo. Did, have you seen it? 
I have seen it. Pretty good. I like it. It was. It wasn't like amazing, but it was, it was like a good movie. It, it, I just like the his style of movies, man. Like Big Short. It's kind of like shot with that handy cam and follows you around. Uh, mm-hmm. He did the movie Vice, which was really good too mm-hmm. about Dick Cheney. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Sorry. No, all good. <laughs> um, so we'll go into February. Uh, I don't know if you remember Alexei Navalny. Um, he was a guy that was poison. He was a Russian citizen. Um, and he was an opposition leader to, uh, in Russia opposing Putin. Um, he was, I think he was poisoned in London. Almost positive. It was, well, I think it was in England. Um, but it didn't kill him. Uh, he was sent back to Russia and he was sentenced to prison, uh, for violating parole. I mean, it's important to bring up because this is what happens in other countries to, uh, opposition leaders publicly. February 2nd, Jeff Bezos, uh, announces that he's going to leave his CEO post at Amazon uh, to go fly into space. Uh, February 4th, Ford announces that uh, they are going to reduce production of the nation's top-selling vehicle, the F-150, because of a global chip shortage, which would uh, ripple through the entire auto industry. If you try to buy a new car uh, this year, you'll understand... This also, if you sold a used car this year, which I did, um, this is the reason that it, it, it was so uh, inflated, other than inflation, is that there weren't enough new cars to bolster the market. So people went to used cars and sort of like the housing market of 2020, 2021, they scooped up all the used cars. Demand for cars stayed the same. Supply for cars went way down, and your used car was worth more than it ever has. And my mom bought a new car, a Hyundai, and paid, I think, 12K over sticker. And like they basically were just like, yeah, it's because it's high demand, chip shortage. This is, mm-hmm. this is just a fee. <laughs> and they were like straight up about it, but it's like, holy shit, man. Uh, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl and drove off in a Hyundai. February 7th, Tom Brady and the new, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh-huh. uh, defeated... The Kansas City Chiefs, they destroyed him to win uh, Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl the year after he left New England. February 15th, there was a deep freeze and power outage in Texas. I think we remember this one. Millions of Texans were left without uh, electricity and uh, kind of exposed the uh, fragility of power grids in major cities. Uh, That was dangerous, for sure. That caught everybody by by surprise and... uh, was not fun. Um, let's see here. March, Biden signs a $1.9 trillion COVID stimulus package. Um, we haven't gotten the vaccine at this point. So um, he was urging everybody, all the states to make uh, adults eligible for the vaccine by May 1. NFTs become a thing. An artist known as Beeple sells a digital collage at Christie's for $69 million. And NFTs are still pretty much all the rage. March 18th, supply chain troubles continue. Honda and Toyota say they'll halt production at plants in North America as shortages and transportation bottlenecks disrupt global manufacturing. And then one of the one of the one of the greater uh, stories of the year, the ever given ship get stuck sideways in the Suez Canal, blocking traffic for nearly a week. And uh, we couldn't stop talking about that damn ship. 
Fucked up a lot of things, though, for it did. long after a week. <laughs> it did. Every time I look at that picture, it's like, dude, that's such a that's such a wide ship to be to be going such through a, such a narrow canal. Surprised it doesn't happen more often. And then who's the guy that's like, I can flip a bitch right now, and and we can we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of confidence does that take? Yeah. Shit. No kidding. <laughs> March twenty fourth, there was a article in the Wall Street Journal chronicling a uh, a big surge in illegal crossings at the southern U.S. border. And then we move into April. Major League Baseball opens the season with limited spectators. Gosh, that's so crazy to think about because at the end of the season, the the, the crowds were full, but it was I think it was at like twenty five percent capacity to begin the season so they start the season crowds are in stands i think at this time the the vaccine is still not widespread and so it's just kind of like this waiting game we don't know how it's going to look that's so wild to think that that was this year april 14th joe biden sets uh, afghan withdrawal for september 11th april 20th derek chauvin oh hold on before i get there april 14th also the very first friendship news hour show huh yeah, cheers, cheers. Uh, let's see. April 20th, uh, Derek Chauvin is found guilty of murder of George Floyd. Found guilty on all counts. And I said a, a wave of relief that uh, justice has been served uh, for an incident that to this point and, you know, surely throughout the decade will, will, will remain as one of the more important things that has happened, uh, at least in this country. But it, I mean, it didn't stop here, man. It, there was protests everywhere after after George Floyd was killed. Uh, let's see. April 20th, same day, um, the European Super League collapsed. We cover that one. Um, and then we go into May. Wow. Okay. So here we go. Uh, cyber attack cuts off key gasoline supply. Remember that one? Yeah. Yep. The main pipeline carrying gasoline and diesel fuel to the U.S. East Coast is shut down due to a cyber attack and outage that would last nearly a week. It was ransomware, I think. They were like, get this $5 million in Bitcoin or we're not going to, something like that. Uh, article on May 12th about higher inflation. Uh, consumer prices jumped 4.2% in April uh, 2021 over April 2020. The biggest rise in any 12-month period since 2008. And at this time, the message from leadership is that it is, quote-unquote, transitory inflation. We know now that it is anything but and will probably <laughs> continue into next year. But that's what they were saying. Um, and then May 13th, the CDC announces that fully vaccinated people do not need to wear masks or physically distance during most outdoor or indoor activities. That's May 13th. So... That's a good point to remember. May 13th is when we started to really relax. And I think it was because the vaccine was so widespread. At this point, I know I had my vaccine. You guys had your vaccine because you had visited California the month previous. And yep. you you did so after getting your vaccine. So I think a lot of us had gotten the vaccine already. And, and the CDC said, okay, uh, very good. You don't have to mask. You don't have to uh, uh, socially distance. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it through social medias, I've seen it all over Twitter, but uh, at this time, the message from Biden, from Fauci, from every pundit on MSNBC and CNN is that the vaccine stops transmission of the disease. And so we all relaxed. We know now that that is 100% incorrect. Uh, let's see, May 19th, the Texas abortion law is signed into, uh, is signed by 
Texas Governor Gray Abbott banning most abortions after six to eight weeks of pregnancy. And that was a big, big deal. There was actually a recent, uh, there was a recent, I think it was Supreme Court decision that they would not strike the law down. It had gotten appealed, I think, all the way to the Supreme Court, and then they said they're not going to strike it down. I think that's the most, just, just a bit. I'll stop talking about it because I don't know all the full details. Uh, and then May 20th, jobless numbers drop as uh, the number of workers seeking and receiving employments reach pandemic lows. So that's some good news. Then we move into June. June 2nd, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, is ousted as the uh, leader of Israel and a coalition government is formed. June 9th, the Keystone XL oil pipeline developers, have, they ended their project after years of controversy. If you guys remember, that's the one that goes across the northern United States that was going through tribal land. A lot of people were protesting it for years and years and years and years. Going pretty well while Trump was in office. And then as soon as Biden got in, used whatever power they had to stop it. And the developers ended it completely. June 21st, college athletes are um, allowed to benefit off their name, image, and likeness through a Supreme Court ruling that limits compensating college athletes is a violation of anti-U.S. antitrust laws. Uh, so yeah. college, college athletes long get overdue. to, very long overdue, get to benefit off of who they are as they would in any other aspect of uh, American society other than being a college athlete. Um, let's see. June 22nd, the Wall Street Journal chronicles that U.S. home prices experienced their biggest annual increase in more than two decades. Uh, June 24th, the 12-story section of the Champlain Towers South Condominium Complex in Surfside, Florida collapses, leaving at least 99 people unaccounted for and one person dead. So that's 100 people dead. That was in June in Florida? Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, okay. Wow. I know, way right? more. Yeah, man. I thought more people died, though. That, it only says one declared was dead. Yeah. That's Let weird. me look into that, though. It is a little weird the way they worded that. Um, yeah, because I, I do remember it was like over 100, I thought, but maybe they officially, since they didn't recover bodies, that they can't. Yeah, maybe they only maybe they only recovered one. I don't know. That was sad, though. I, man, I kind of kind of forgot about that. Uh-huh, me too. That was really sad. I was thinking about that the other day. I was driving through a just driving through an underground parking garage. Oof, oof. Yeah, there's a oof. building here in uh, Oak Park in Chicago, which is just like a west, like very close west burb to the city, and they forced all their residents to evacuate the building and and find living situations elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, offering them like a discount at a sister property, <clears throat> and like full refund on, on the rest or whatever, but. Uh, a lot of people were like pushing back, man. And it's like, dude, once you, after you saw what happened in Florida, like, why would, I, I know you've lived there for 20 years or whatever, but like, do you really want to die in a building collapse? Like, Seriously, man, I'm trying why to you want to chance that? Yeah. Somebody's telling you to get out, get out. Right. <laughs> <Don't>, <clears throat> um, let's see. June 27th, uh, Fast and Furious, whatever one, the ninth one. Nine. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's has the best opening weekend box office since December of 2019. So people going back to theaters. Oh man, we covered this one. I completely forgot about this. June 30th, 2020, Bill Cosby's released from prison after the Pennsylvania Supreme court overturns his conviction for sexual assault. Unbelievable. (laughs) The little dodge move that he did when he got out of the court. That was actually from years ago. That's was it really? Old, yeah, it's an old video. Oh, yeah. That shit's hilarious. I'm sorry. It's I, one of I my favorite videos of all time. Bill Cosby and shit he's done, but that shit was funny. So funny. 
Um, let's see. July 1st, uh, Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal chronicles the fast spread of the COVID-19 Delta variant as it thwarts many countries' plans to lift lockdowns and reopen economy. So July 1st is when we are first, uh, first introduced, I guess, to Delta or it begins to, to be a thing. Um, let's see. Also on July 1st, the Supreme Court upholds a pair of Arizona voting rules against claims of discrimination, likely making it harder to challenge a wave of laws around the country, tightening election regulations. I think we covered, uh, I know for sure, mm-hmm. Georgia, I don't remember the Arizona one, but I think the gist of these rules, like we're not going to, we're not going to pretend that the pandemic, the, the loosening of rules because of the pandemic is going to be something that we're going to keep forever because there's far too much scrutiny involved in just releasing a ton of mail-in ballots to everybody like they do in California and California probably would never change. Um, but you know, the way that these things were framed was that it was racist or that it was not allowing for, it was just like the, the, the tightening of, of voting laws so that certain people couldn't vote. I remember we had this big discussion about, uh, um, showing ID to, to vote. And people oh, yeah, were all yeah. up in arms about IDs. Meanwhile, you have to show your vaccine card to go eat lunch in, in LA. Uh, a family in New York was kicked out of a restaurant. Um, I think it was yesterday or sometime, sometime recently by like 10 NYPD officers. It was like a mom and a kid. And they were like, you got to go because you didn't show your vaccine card. Meanwhile, we're up in arms because you have to show an ID to vote Get the fuck out of here. Wow. Um, so, I mean, most of these laws... <sighs> I think the one that we covered in Georgia, the, the, the one that caused the MLB to change their uh, all-star game from Atlanta to Denver, that voting law gave two weeks of early voting to go and vote. And w- I'm, we decided that it was a, it was a giant deal to, to, to do that. So and we, we've talked about that in length, but just, briefly i'll just go over why this is such a big deal the things that people are not saying is that if you tighten voting laws even a little bit like not mailing out ballots to everybody on a voting register then what you will see is a decline in votes for democratic candidates documented meaning it will be less likely that a Republican candidate loses. If you loosen these laws and make it disgustingly easy to vote, that is going to bolster Democratic candidate votes, making it less likely that a Republican will win. And the middle ground here is, what does the integrity of voting look like? I don't know. I was in favor of tightening a little bit just because it... You know, if you can loosen the, if you could tighten the restraints of voting to where the chain of command is shortened, then you're never going to have what we had this year or this past year in 2020, where people can claim voting fraud. You just can't do it. But if you have a bunch of just loose ballots everywhere, that's really, really, really hard to account for. It's inevitable. Even if it didn't take place, it's inevitable that people are not going to trust in the system and possibly the most important institution of this democracy is voting. Anyway, I will move on. Um, let's see. July 8th, the uh, organizers of the Tokyo Olympics 
banned spectators from games as COVID-19 cases surge. There's many calls for the games to be canceled. They were not. Um, let's see. Richard Branson reaches the edge of space and safely returns back to Earth, beating Amazon founder Jeff Bezos in a dick measuring competition. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> ah, July 21st. Uh, it was reported that life expectancy in the United States fell by one and a half years in 2020, the biggest decline since at least World War II. CDC data shows July 27th. Here we go. So it took, it was May, early May. CDC said we don't need a mask and we don't need a socially distance after the vaccine. July 27th. The CDC, citing the spread of the Delta variant, recommends that vaccinated people resume masking indoors in some parts of the country. So about two and a half months. July 27th, uh, Apple, Alphabet, and Microsoft all report booming earnings, underscoring how the pandemic has shifted life and work online. July 29th, President Biden says that federal employees must get vaccinated against COVID-19 or wear a mask on the job and be tested regularly. So the first federal mandate of the vaccine happened on July 29th. And now we move into August, August 10th. Andrew Cuomo, former governor of the state of New York, says that he is resigning following a report by the state's attorney general that found he harassed multiple women who worked for him. Creeper. Yeah, the biggest dude. Taliban takes over August 15th. Afghan... Afghanistan's government falls in about a weekend as Taliban fighters take over the capital. The U.S.-led military airlift begins to evacuate evacuate Western diplomats and others. I think this was the beginning of the of the uh, of the end of the of the grace period for Biden. I think this is really when when you know the the CNNs and the MSNBCs couldn't fake it anymore, and I'd be like, "Oof, this is bad. Not mm. good. You're not doing great there, bub." And that was terrible. I mean, I, we all remember it. it was ugh, just seeing all those people desperate jumping on on the back of planes taking off. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was it was rough. And that did. You're right. That like started the tide of being more realistic about this presidency in this administration That's what started so far. All of the fuck Joe Biden chants at college football games and other sporting events yep. around the <laughs> uh, around the country and spawned. Uh, Let's go, Brandon. Did you see that? Uh, I think it was a Marine. He was like live streaming with Biden, uh, Joe and Joe Biden. And he's, he's, you know, normal interview, talking to him, whatever. And right as he ends the conversation, he goes, oh, one more thing. Uh, let's go, Brandon. And yeah. I don't know if Biden doesn't know what that means or if it just caught his senile ass off guard. But he's like, absolutely. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Beautiful. So the backstory to that is if you call NORAD, which is the, it's like the the doomsday bunker in, in Colorado Springs. It's where the president goes when, when shit goes down, where, where Bush went during 9-11 mm-hmm. or was headed. It'll like give you updates on where Santa is. So this guy called in, because I guess they do it every year, so his kids could know where Santa is. And the person uh. that was, was on the line was like, yeah, uh, 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 First Lady Biden is taking calls if you want to talk to her. And he thought it was like, just like record a message, but then he gets on and sure enough, there's, there's, there's Biden and, and his wife and, uh, took advantage of an opportunity, I don't know, yes, whatever. I, I, I don't, I don't ever, even if you don't like the guy, I, I just, I'm not, never a fan of disrespecting the, uh, the office, but whatever. It was actually kind of funny. So let's move on here. August 20, August 29th, hurricane Ida makes landfall, mm-hmm. uh, near New Orleans, uh, right around the 16th anniversary of hurricane Katrina. Uh, 
although it didn't cause nearly as much damage. It was pretty bad. And then uh, August 30th is the official date of Amer- of the end of America's longest war. Uh, as the last U.S. troops in Afghanistan withdraw, um, but more than 100 Americans and tens of thousands of America's Afghan allies uh, are left in Afghanistan. September September 14th, the Facebook excuse me the Facebook files um, begin to be released by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, whistleblower Francis Hogan. Um, basically tells us uh, everything that we already wanted to know about Facebook and the way that they operate, um, that they have preferential treatment for your higher profile users. Um, Instagram makes girls, particularly middle school aged girls, uh, feel terrible about themselves. They shield cartel members that put out hits on Facebook. Basically, that Facebook does not have nearly as much control as we might think that they have over their over their website. And then in light of that, Instagram decides to halt. Thank God they decide to halt their Instagram kids uh, rollout. <laughs> uh, let's see. September 22nd, the FDA clears vaccine boosters. So they approve COVID-19 vaccine booster shots for people older, uh, for people 65 and older and other adults at high risk of severe illness. Mm-hmm. October. Are we already in October? We are. We're in October now. October 6th. The malaria vaccine is uh, deployed on a wide scale and approved by the World Health Organization. This is great news. What's also interesting about this is that it took decades to make this vaccine, just for context. Well, how else are you going to get a microchip in there without the general public finding out? October 10th, uh, Southwest Airlines cancels more than 1,800 flights, citing bad weather and air traffic control problems, but we all know what happened there. A bunch of pilots said... Fuck your mandate. Fuck are you. October 11th, U.S. crude closes above $80 a barrel for the first time since 2014, bringing its climb since October 2020 to 125%. So we really begin to feel the effects at the pump. Gloss over that one. October 13th, the port of L.A. goes 24-7 to ease cargo bottlenecks that had led to shortages and higher consumer costs. Uh, October 25th, Tesla's market value surpasses a trillion dollars as Hertz orders 100,000 vehicles a few days after the EV maker reported record earnings. Um, (laughs) October 28th, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg says the company is changing its name to Meta Platforms to reflect opportunities in digital realms known as the Metaverse. And uh, we could probably say this is like the official mark of the decline of human civilization end of the world (laughs) (laughs) just about uh october 31st the delta wave of the pandemic has passed its peak in the u.s with new cases hospitalizations and deaths declining in most states november 8th u.s borders reopened to citizens of 33 countries who were barred by covid19 restrictions for more than 18 months so a bunch of people who hadn't been home in 18 months were able to come home november 13th more than 190 nations reach a deal at the United Nations Climate Summit that aims to accelerate greenhouse gas emission cuts across the world, but leaves bigger, big questions over how governments will follow. November 15th, uh, President Biden signs into law roughly $1 trillion worth of infrastructure 
uh, with spending on roads, bridges, rail, and more. November 19th, COVID-19 boosters are cleared for all adults of the uh, Pfizer and Moderna varieties. November 25th, my birthday. Pretty big November day. 25th, his birthday. November 26th, the World Health Organization identifies a new coronavirus strain as a global variant of concern. And the Dow Jones suffers, the Dow Jones average suffers its worst day of trading of the year. We're, of course, talking about uh, Omicron. Uh, December 10th, U.S. inflation hits a nearly four-decade high in November. So there goes your transitory. The Labor Department says as strong cumulative a strong consumer demand collided with pandemic-related supply constraints. December 10th, tornado outbreak in Kentucky rips through that and five other states, killing scores of people and leveling entire towns. And then December 19th, Senator Joe Manchin says he will oppose his party's roughly $2 trillion education, healthcare, and climate package, likely dooming the centerpiece. President Biden's economic agenda as currently written. And then December 20th, the Omicron variant first identified in November in Africa has caused more than 70% of recent COVID-19 cases in the U.S. and more than 90% of cases in many parts of the country. And as soon as, well, and breaking news from yesterday, so not as breaking, but the Barstool Arizona Bowl has been canceled Ooh. due to Omicron as Boise State has to is forced to pull out of it. Uh, it was going to be a matchup between Boise State and Central Michigan. The, you know, whatever, that game could have been cool, whatever. Uh, the most important thing is that the halftime show was going to be done by one Scott Stapp, mm. lead singer of Creed, and we are all now robbed of that opportunity to watch that man sing his heart out. So fuck you, COVID. What a shame. Yeah. What a shame indeed. For real. And then uh, just to kind of wrap it up, I just want to give you some top lists, uh, the top five movies for the year and some music stuff. Number five movie, and this all just based on gross box office, is Fast 9 uh, with $173 million. Uh, number four is Black Widow with $183 million. These are rounded. I'm not going to give you the exact numbers. Uh, number three was Venom Left Every Carnage with $212 million. Uh, Number two was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, $224 million. And number one was Spider-Man No Way Home. Four hundred and seventy million dollars, mm. uh, and that's only been out for a, about ten days. So that's pretty insane. It's funny that, and if you look at even six, five out of the top six movies this year were superhero movies. So <laughs> they found a strategy that works and gets people to the theaters. Uh, it is good to see people back. Like you said earlier, Fast Nine was like the biggest showing since what, like twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and that was at one hundred seventy three million. And Spider-Man just did three times that in 10 days. So people are getting back out there. It's cool, but it does look like superhero movies are what get people's attention. I think that just proves that we're all mindless morons. Yeah. <laughs> or we just like to feel like a kid when all this bullshit wasn't, uh, we don't have to worry about all the problems of the world and, and you could just kind of disconnect, which I, I think that's part of it. But, you know, maybe we're mindless morons. No, I, I think know. we're simpletons. <laughs> Uh, and then hopping into music, uh, I'm just going to do in the U.S. Number five, the most streamed artists uh, in America this year. Bad Bunny came, comes in at number five. Kanye West at number four. The deceased Juice World at number three. Taylor Swift at number two. And Drake, Drake, is that how you say it? Something like that. Number one. Uh, the top five most streamed songs, Levitating, featuring Da Baby by Dua Lipa. That is my dog Dave's favorite artist. <laughs> um, number four, Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Three, Kiss Me More featuring SZA by Doja Cat. Uh, two, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. And one, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. So good for her. Hell of a year for such a young talent. 
the most streamed albums in the U.S. Number five, Legends Never Die by Juice World. Rest in peace. And actually kind of loosely connected or very connected because it's about him. There's a new documentary on HBO all about Juice World. Really, really good stuff. It is both happy and depressing. Um, the guy, the kid was such a fucking talent, man. Like he could just wrap his ass off rap for days. Uh, but it also kind of details a lot of the addictions and, and drugs and, and just outright abuse that he was doing to, to his body really. And, and mm. it, it's, uh, definitely worth a watch. Highly recommend it. I don't know anything about, uh, Mr. World. It's worth watching. It kind of, it doesn't yeah. show as much about his rise, but it really talks about like when he was at the top and, and after being in the industry for less than two years, he's competing with people like Drake, like what that lifestyle change and just all that shit was like yeah. so really good uh number four most streamed artist was justin bieber uh, or album i'm sorry was justice by justin bieber number three was planet her by doja cat two was dangerous the double album by morgan wallen who i think has been canceled since then uh oh, really? i thought yeah i think he said some racial shit uh and then uh, number one was sour by olivia rodrigo she kept crushing it this year uh the u.s most popular podcasts coming mm. in number five was NPR News Now. Number four was The Daily. Three was Call Her Daddy. Two, Crime Junkie. And one, The Joe Rogan Experience. I think Friendship News Hour was like six. I think we just missed something like that. Just missed Top that 10 list. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it, with that, man, I, dude, listen, you go through all those stories. We covered like a good amount of those, man. Like it's been, it's been a fun year, man. Like this is, this is going as planned. This has been cool for sure. <laughs> I've enjoyed this tremendously. Even if on a super selfish level, I get to think out loud and articulate thoughts out loud and work through uh, how I feel about things. It's, it's, it's truly made me a much um, calmer person in light of things that piss me off mm. societally. I mm. can, I can take in information outside of what I think and then digest it very easily and not let it piss me off because I know that to a certain extent, I, I, I'm aware of what's what's happening. And if I disagree with what these people are saying, it is irrelevant to me because I don't care what they say. I know that I have the ability to speak the truth as I, as I can find it. And uh, it, it's personally on a personal level, it's, it's been a, a tremendous uh, venture um, this year. And um, totally agree. It's been really cool to do it with you, man. Yeah, it's been great, dude. And just getting to like kind of to piggyback off what you're saying, like to really spend the time like looking into to news this like last year and not just like read articles and, and kind of like run with a headline or something that you see on Instagram, but like to to talk through stuff. We don't always agree. So let's like to talk through stuff with someone who we got a lot of similar ideals, but we definitely disagree on stuff and, and like to hear it from different perspectives with you and even with some of our of our friends, like it's it's really refreshing man I, i'm very excited to keep it going hopefully we stop talking about COVID as much mm. next year hopefully this shit stops but it's uh it's been an honor and a pleasure my friend heck yeah man uh here's to at least 66 more in in 2022 that's right and uh here is to uh our sponsors Gunbro coffee Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself, but when you can do that and help Americans, heroes like veterans and first responders, makes that coffee that much better. I'm about to go get a refill right now. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, they're proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get whole bean, ground, or single-serve pods. And right now, as a friend of this ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. Uh, that's promo code FNH10. 
Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause, and it's been a damn good year, Frank. Cheers to that. Um, as always, you can reach us on our various socials, Twitter, at FriendshipNH, Instagram, and TikTok, same handle, at FriendshipNewsHour, and emails, go to bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, and uh, barring any last-minute episodes, I'll see you next year. See you next year. Knew you were going to say that. Loser. Ha, 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 ha.